Hey guys, um, this is Camilla, and this is the second episode of my podcast. Um, today we will be talking more about the Venezuelan crisis, uh, specifically how it has affected the people. Um, I have invited my friend Jasmine. Hi guys, we're again. back again. <laughs> yep. And um, so basically I'll just give a summary of what we did last time or what we talked about last time. Um, We talked about how um, the Venezuelan crisis is created by economic, social, and political um, issues, um, and how um, there's a lot of government officials and politicians and other wealthy people that steal from the uh, country's revenue. Okay, so... Venezuela today, um, not necessarily today, but what has happened recently in the past five years, uh, people are greatly affected by the crisis. Um, People are starving and lacking medicine. Um, Since 2017, nearly two thirds of Venezuelans reported losing an average of 25 pounds in the previous year. Um, there are also constant water and electricity electricity shortages. Um, and Jasmine, why is there a lack of food and water available for citizens? There is a lack of food and water for citizens because before the crisis, Chavez spent billions of dollars on organizations that supported the less fortunate. And people from Chavez's inner circle took money from the revenue, the country that from the country that was making the oil. By the time Maduro entered presidency, Venezuela was depleted of most of its money. And in that occurring, the money lost its value. So Maduro and his close friends are still benefiting from the small revenue that the country makes. So they feel indifferent to the situation Venezuelan civilians are facing because of, of because of this, the government has a lot of the government has a lot of money, but it has no value. And many importations and exportations cannot be made. Yeah. Um, and this cut cuts off big supplies, portion of food supplies, to the citizens of Venezuela. Um, So why? Because Venezuela produces barely any food after Chavez's regime disappropriated many of the food industries. Um, And this caused them to eventually go bankrupt since their maintenance and management of the revenue of of their like revenue from the the company was no longer a priority. also the fact that the lack of valuable money means that there is no government-funded organizations that can help the people in middle and low-class access to basic necessities like food and water. Yeah, so basically um, there are no importations and exportations being made because the country just doesn't have um, that money to pay other countries for food and um, yeah, other basic necessities. Right? Yeah. And on top of that, the country itself doesn't make any food. So 
the people are basically like starving. starving. <laughs> yeah. Because it relies on the foreign exportations of other countries. Yeah, and they don't get much of that because the government doesn't have. Well, they have lots of money, but it doesn't have any value. Exactly. Um. Other reasons for people lacking um, so many basic necessities are because of hyperinflation. Um, so right now, hyperinflation is at ten thousand three hundred ninety-eight percent. So some of you might not really understand what that means, but for an example,、um, a coffee, and I, I heard this from like a TED talk,、um, and so I just wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, a coffee shop is charging you four thousand one hundred fifty-seven point seventeen cents for an americano coffee that normally costs two dollars seventy-seven. Um, and that just shows like how much hyperinflation there is in the country. Um, and as of today, the worth of a bolivar, which is the Venezuelan currency. Has decreased even more because of the pandemic.、Um, you know, like many stock markets,、um, like plummeted because of、um, the virus, and that has really affected Venezuela. And yeah. Yeah, people that had low income before the crisis are now suffering, and.、Um, The average person living in Venezuela lives on 72 cents per day, and 87% of their families live below the poverty line, which is it's just really eye-opening to see how much these people are suffering in their own countries. Yeah.、Um, also,、uh, schools and banks are closed, and kids haven't been to school in months. Which is very unfortunate because、um, that's how a country progresses: is by educating、um, the young, and so that they can eventually get positions in society.、Um, and there are also lots of well, there was before the、um, pandemic, there was lots of murders, kidnaps, and robberies.、Um, and even more now. Yeah, a lot more now.、Um, And Venezuela can't afford medicine because their money has no value. Therefore, it has been difficult to get vaccinated as well, which which causes mass immigration or migration to other countries surrounding Venezuela because they're in need for like basic necessities like food and、um, maybe even getting vaccinated during the pandemic. Yeah,、um, as. You know, this country, America, has really emphasized getting vaccinated. And when there's a lot of people that、uh, just can't get medicine, like in Venezuela, and then on top of that, there's like a deadly virus, and they still don't get like their vaccines,、uh, that causes a lot of people to die, and it puts a lot of people at risk.、Um, So,、um, because of how bad the crisis has gotten, many Venezuelans have decided to flee their country.、Uh, as of 2016, three million people have left, and eight million people claim to have left Venezuela. 
and that is about 25% of the population. That is very startling. And yeah. most of its people are migrants to other countries that are highly, uh, that are highly or moderately educated people that no longer receive an acceptable salary in Venezuela. And they do this to migrate, people migrate and do this to send money back to their families back in Venezuela so they can have a better life. Um, and Venezuela is the now second the second largest displaced, um, displacement crisis in the world right behind Syria, which is kind of astonishing if you look at it. It's two different yeah. conflicts, but they still have people fleeing their own countries. Yeah. Um, if you don't really know what the definition of displacement is, it's a person who is forced to leave their home country because of war, persecution, or natural disaster, or and that's pretty much a refugee. Um, but because only like highly or moderately educated people are migrating, that leaves the poor people to. Um, it's like basically saying like good luck have a nice life um we'll just leave you behind because you're just not as fortunate as other people yeah and some people who do who are in poverty and try to migrate to other countries or don't necessarily get the best jobs in other countries because of maybe their lower education or there's just a lack of knowledge on the jobs around there yeah um so by june 2019 four million venezuelans left to south america uh also in 2019 290,000 venezuelans have moved into the u.s um as of january 17 2020 um well actually as of um, June 2019, 4 million Venezuelans left to South America, and as of January 2017-2020, um, 1.3 million people have immigrated to Colombia, 263,000 have immigrated to Ecuador, 768,000 have immigrated to Peru, and um, 168,000 have immigrated to Brazil um, and lastly 288,000 have immigrated to Chile. Um, considering Venezuela's population was 30 million when Maduro entered that's a lot of people that have left the country. Yeah and the reason why as Camilla mentioned many people have fled to Colombia compared to other countries is because it's really close to Venezuela and it's convenient for them to just walk over to Colombia. And another reason is that Colombia has their border borders open to no at no cost to Venezuelans, unlike many many other countries in in South America. Maybe like Peru, Brazil, and Chile have placed measures on Venez like the amount of Venezuelan migrants. Um, going into the countries. And yeah. Now, um, Peru, Colombia, and Ecuador require passports 
for Venezuelans to enter their country. And Chile requires a stamped visa and a passport. Um, so an example of what the border in um, between Colombia and Venezuela looks like right now is in Cucuta, Venezuela, people are desperate for money that they will even sell their hair at the border for um, 100,000 pesos, which is $30. Um, that's not a lot of money, but these people are really just desperate enough that they'll just do anything to... Um, have money and then with that money just start a new life in another country. Exactly. Many people at the border also rush to buy food since it's much more affordable just the fact that Colombia doesn't have very much inflation. And at the borders there are also refugee camps that provide legal assistance therapy for Venezuelans that might be better in their actual country of Venezuela. They're getting the needs um the proper needs they need and that's what they're looking for yeah um as a like people that have gone through poverty i can imagine experience some sort of trauma so um have and they don't have like the proper documents or just things um from their personal life aren't in order and so it's really helpful that they have legal assistance therapy and even orthodontists um, at the border between um, Colombia and Venezuela. Um, so Jasmine, why is Colombia being so generous to Venezuelans? So during the 80s and 90s, a rebel group called the FARC, or the FARC, or the FARC who was killing millions of Colombians and this caused many of them to migrate and escape to Venezuela when things were much better. Um, for this generosity, Venezuela showed Colombians um, uh, essentially by paying back Venezuelans for the hospitality. Hospitality. Also, Colombia and Venezuela were only were once part of one country in Grand Colombia. And Grand Colombia consisted of Panama, Colombia, Venezuela, and Ecuador. But they split in 1930. But since that connection of being a part of Grand Colombia, they still are fond of their, of their culture and people and have very much a lot of similarities in their cultures. But unfortunately now, it seems like Colombia is requiring a passport to enter their country because there are too many migrants. Yes. Um, going into their country. So what happens when there's a lot of migrants and the economy of a country just... Um, I mean, they in Colombia, they're doing okay, but obviously they're not like the U.S. where they can support so many immigrants. And so they have um, set restrictions on immigration rules um, because they're just scared of... Um, not being able to support so many Venezuelans coming into the country. Um, so why are other countries not as kind as Colombia? Uh, first of all, because not many South American countries are economically ready to support um, many my immigrants, as I said. Um, and South American countries have also been hesitant of accepting Venezuelan uh, refugees because they have risen crime rates in many countries. 
um, countries are scared of the coronavirus that they have now placed stricter immigration rules. Um, so Jasmine, can you tell me of like an example of uh, Venezuelan causing um, some sort of disruption in society? I know that you have um, been listening to Peruvian news and um, have been told maybe some anecdotes of a Venezuelan that um, just wasn't really um, being honest or um, yeah. So what I've been hearing in the news of well international news is that well as you said the crime rates have risen in um, many South American countries where Venezuelans are fleeing too um, but you know, as there's many like uh, people causing trouble, but there's also people looking for jobs and looking for a better future for their kids or themselves. And because of these crimes, um, many Venezuelans are judged by what they, uh, what people see on the news, and aren't able to sustain life, well, um, better wages in the countries they flee to because of this reputation they have been given. Um, Well, um, my mom's friend is Venezuelan and she talks about how her people are like in need of like jobs and a better life for um, their families. But like I said, due to like this reputation, they aren't able to get that but are like re- are working hard and people aren't really um, showing that many Venezuelans are like really hard workers in the countries they're fleeing to and they're actually helping the economic statuses in these developing South American countries. Um, and I guess there's pros and cons to every situation, but Venezuelans are trying to do the best they can to um, make a new life in these new countries. Which I think is very important to states and recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so personally, my mom told me about a story. Um, her friend, uh, she is the manager of a business, like a printing business, um, almost like FedEx offices, that's close to um, Costco, and pretty much. Um, what they do is they like um, have like computers and um, where you can access your stuff. Maybe if you don't have a computer at your house, or they have school supplies or you know um, printers and stuff like that. So basically, um, my mom's friend um, hired this Venezuelan that was looking for um, uh, was looking for a job. And so uh, she had lots of trust in this uh, Venezuelan family that actually was working for her. But uh, one day she kind of just left the business um, open um, and she put it in the hands of uh, these uh, hired workers, Venezuelans. um, And she just left to go get something 
And by the time she came back, she found that like the cash register had no more money inside it. And so um, they obviously got fired. Um, but I think there's just, unfortunately, there's people like that that um, create a bad reputation for Venezuelans as a whole. And I think we should really focus on the fact that they are hard workers and there are people that are going to um, ruin the, the image of a hardworking Venezuelan. So we have to um, really try our best to trust these people, even though there might be some people that are, um, you know, not representing their country well. Um, what I also learned from my dad was that um, a lot of Peruvians, he's from Peru, a lot of Peruvians are really angry that um, Venezuelans are coming into the country because um, they say that uh, like Venezuelans are stealing uh, Peruvians' jobs. And um, one reason that I learned uh, behind the fact that um, Venezuelans are being hired a lot more than Peruvians in terms of like um, it's low wages too. Yeah. Price is lower because. Yeah, in terms of like uh, hand labor, Venezuelans are being like um, hired more because uh, like Peruvians are more willing to pay lower wages to uh, Venezuelans. um, Yeah, than to Peruvians, and so I think that's kind of messed up because that's like. A sort of, um, I guess, racism in a sense. I guess too that Venezuelans also accept to work at these low-paying jobs because in their countries they were paid so little. So, well, my perspective and what I've been told too is that, like, once they do get paid for the job, it's like a lot for them, and then they feel like a joy and like they can. Um, send money to their families in Venezuela that are like starving so I guess it also has to do with like their background and how they used to be paid and why they're accepting these little paying jobs. Yeah um, so before the pandemic um, there were already many restrictions that impeded Venezuelans from migrating um, Many Venezuelans don't flee because they don't have the money or they don't have the papers or passports uh, to be received by other countries since many countries now are requiring a passport. And why don't people have passports and papers? Um, So before the crisis, Venezuelans could travel to another country in South America freely. However, it is now hard for Venezuelans to visit other countries in South America because their legal documents, such as passports, lack credibility. Um, Jasmine, do you want to tell us why? Uh, This is because Venezuela really has no president and there is no rule of law, meaning there are various different forces controlling Venezuela today. For example, if you get a driver's license, it is emailed to you as a PDF to print out at home, and then it makes it easy for people to falsify documents yeah um and uh when people are able to falsify documents um you know you can just 
go under the identity of someone else and that causes confusion in uh, how many people are going into other countries and uh, this messes up people's identity and causes them um, misinterpretation of maybe situations that are going on. Yeah, and so um, for this reason, uh, many like uh, police borders, people that are on the borders, just no longer really trust um, the papers. Yeah, Venezuelan papers or documents because they already know that these documents are really easy to like, uh, yeah, falsify. Um, so one thing that I think fa- I found really surprising is that the crisis isn't really supported uh, or isn't really reported about in Venezuelan newspapers um, because Maduro censors it um, so that people don't have a voice. And I think he um, wants people to not have a voice because he doesn't want any opposition or uprising occurring. Um, he wants to silence the people and force them into his dictatorship that's going on right now yeah and for that reason we have to be the voice uh, uh, for Venezuelans and we have to speak up about the crisis Um, and I just uh, wanted to say that educating yourself about the crisis um, is really important like you're doing right now and um I just wanted to mention a few organizations that help Venezuelan refugees. Um, So you can donate to um, World's Vision Fund for Venezuelan Needs. Um, You can go to www.donate.worldvision.org. You can also donate to Doctors Without Borders at www.donate.doctorswithoutborders.org where they provide medicine for Venezuelans, which as we know, um, they have a lack of uh, Venezuelans. uh, You can also donate to um, Cuatro for for Venezuela, uh, which is spelled C-U-A-T-R-O, P-O-R, and then Venezuela, V-E-N-E-C-U-L-U. E-L-A. Um, and this gives aid to Caracas Hospitals, which is the capital of Venezuela. Um, Jasmine, do you want to read the last two organizations? Yes. So another organization to help Venezuela would be Fundana, helping children with problems that have risen because of this crisis. Um, also, Ogar Blambi which takes care of children who have been separated from their families. And also, I guess a lot of people will like this one because who doesn't love Venezuelan food? Um, by supporting Valencia Lancheria in Norwalk, La Calle Arepas Bar in also Norwalk, and La Pescaderia Fish Market in Arepa in New Canaan. Um, and those links will be um, put below. Um, but, I think it's really important to mention organizations and like uh, local-owned Venezuelan restaurants because supporting people financially also is very important to them and it could really change someone's life in Venezuela, which is um, 
the goal here. Yeah, a lot of the people preparing Venezuelan foods are here are actually um, immigrants from Venezuela and they are just looking for a new life. And it's always great to support them because who knows if those Venezuelans are sending money back to their country so that their family can be supported well. Um, many of these restaurants have become centers of support, as I said, for Venezuelan people. Um, so that's why it's really important um, to support these restaurants. And going to eat is really good too, so... Yeah, <laughs> you get a bonus from just eating this food. food. It's yeah. really good food. Um, I know Jasmine said she went to uh, Valencia Loncheria. Mm-hmm. I was really good at it, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is the end of the second episode. I hope you learned a lot about the Venezuelan crisis and how it affects the people. Um, and yeah, we are signing off. Thank and you thank for you for having me. Yep. Thank you for listening. Um, and I hope you liked it. <laughs>